What do you mean it's not a morning show? It doesn't matter. It's morning somewhere, right? So uh, my name is Dan Benjamin. You can follow me at Dan Benjamin on Twitter, or Instagram, YouTube, wherever it is that you want to find me, Periscope, while it lasts. And of course, if you're here on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe. Hit the little bell so that you know when I go online to do the show. That's super important with Periscope going away. And finally, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Give me a buck. Give me five bucks. Buy me one of these. I drink one a day. You can be the person who buys it for me. No big deal today is Thursday. I don't even know. I have to look. It's Thursday, March 4th, 2021. I've got some good news for you and some bad news for you today. Hi, Maggie. Texas governor, our friend, Governor Abbott, guess what? He's facing a little bit of backlash for these uh, coronavirus restrictions. Surprise. Here he is just chilling. Uh, But the, the situation is this. Listen to this. He's got tons of criticism, not just from me and not just from people who live here in Austin, but from everyone all around. He had this surprise decision in case you somehow managed to miss this the other day, uh, dropping the uh, mask mandate and eliminating all business restrictions, which is kind of uh, surprising, isn't it? Yeah, moves that strategists and activists in both parties, uh, they said, are aimed at appeasing impatient Republican base ahead of his 2022 reelection bid, apparently with an eye on a 2024 presidential race. Did you all know that? This guy has screwed up so many things. Look how he handled this snowpocalypse situation. I think this is his way of trying to, in his mind, give back to Texas, maybe. I don't know, but it seems pretty weird to me. Um, Anyway, he was uh, in Lubbock, Texas, which isn't that far from Austin. And he was at an event at a Mexican restaurant. He was surrounded by supporters. He took no questions. uh, And he just simply came out and said... Yep, this is uh, this is what we're going to do. And of course, every literally everyone else said, no, this is going to make things much, much worse. So um, here's a little a little quote from the article. Dropping Texas coronavirus restrictions could appease a conservative base that's rewarding Republican governors who have flouted experts' guidance and opened their states early. Abbott is following the lead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. That's your name. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem who finished second and third behind former President Donald Trump in the Conservative Political Action Conference's 2024 presidential straw poll last week. Okay, well, um, our friend uh, and current President Joe Biden had something to say about this. He says, we are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms, President Biden said. The last thing, the last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask, forget it. It still matters. And, you know, we've got to listen to Joe Biden. He was friends with a handful of Neanderthals. He's been around quite a while. Oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. There's another article here talking about what he calls Neanderthal thinking behind the lifting of the mask rules. Um, Well, we have another quote from CDC director Rochelle Walensky, who says, now is not the time to stop wearing a mask. And uh, here she is saying, don't, don't do that. Don't stop wearing your mask. She said in an interview with NPR, the nation is fighting headwinds in the fight to end the pandemic from new variants of the virus and efforts to roll back coronavirus restrictions. And uh, she's very upset about this. She says, this is absolutely not the time. I think the next two or three months could go in one of two directions. Uh, If things open up, this is her talking. If things open up, if we're not really cautious, we could end up with a post-spring break surge the way we saw a post-Christmas surge. We could see much more disease. We could see much more death. 
in an alternative version, I say we I see we really hunker down for a couple more months. We get so many people vaccinated and we get to a really great place by summer. Clearly, this is in response not just to the stuff here in Texas, but also to what's going on in Mississippi, where they have lifted it as well. Uh, some U.S. faith leaders have expressed a moral concern about the new Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and here's uh, – so if you look at the uh, the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines, uh, those don't use cell lines that are derived from an aborted human fetus, but Johnson & Johnson does. So uh, Archbishop Joseph F. Nauman of Kansas City – said, if one has the ability to choose a vaccine, Pfizer or Moderna's vaccine should be chosen over Johnson & Johnson. But he continued by saying, don't worry. If that's all you can get, still get it. But if you have a choice, then get the one that doesn't use the fetal cells in it. Okay. Senators are questioning Amazon about using cameras to monitor delivery drivers. Uh, five senators wrote a letter to CEO Jeff Bezos on Wednesday demanding more context around the company's recent deployment of AI-equipped cameras in some of its delivery vans. Uh, they gave him, uh, Jeff Bezos, I guess, and Amazon as a whole, until uh, uh, March 24th. A deadline for an explanation of what they're doing, but they got an email back from Amazon saying that the item is no longer available, but can be found from these sellers at a lower price. All Texas teachers are now eligible to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Look at this. We've even got a picture here, but uh, so this is great. First of all, let me tell you about the child care workers and teachers are now included in groups currently eligible to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. This is from the Texas department of state health services. And this was just announced it follows a letter from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services calling on states to prioritize these workers. It only makes sense, right? Uh, quote, those who work in pre-primary, primary and secondary schools, as well as Head Start and Early Head Start programs, and those who work for licensed child care providers, uh, basically these are the people who should get it first. And uh, Texas was one of the 11 states that had not yet included educators in priority groups for the vaccine, but now they're there um, 60,000, more than 60,000 staff members have been infected with COVID-19 already. So like, duh, right? But check this out. Look at, look at this lady. Okay. So here's a teacher in a classroom. This is good. She's got her face mask on. It's tight. It's secure. It's on her. Everything's right. But look at her posture. Look at this. What kind of example are we setting for our kids? But the other thing is maybe she's, you know, here teaching typing, but actually can't be. No one's taught typing for 28 years. The next story we have is that these great apes in uh, in San Diego, four orangutans and five bonobos chimps got a coronavirus vaccine. And Jeff Jeff is there uh, that says, uh, Jeff in the chat room says he got his first shot yesterday. Very good. So several great apes at the San Diego Zoo got two doses of COVID-19 vaccine in February. Uh, like I said, four orangs and five bonobos. Apparently they had to be distracted with treats when they got their shots. And one of the orangutans is Karen, which is the first ape to undergo open heart surgery in 1994. And it says ape vaccination. <laughs> ape vaccination is a... <laughs> um, oh, oh, I forgot to do the intro for the Excuse COVID stuff. Sorry. It says... Um, Ape vaccination is a welcome development in the San Diego Zoo. A troop of eight gorillas tested positive for COVID-19 in January. They were symptomatic, but they've recovered. (laughs) 
and now they can rejoin their companions who've been vaccinated. Um, it says the vaccine the apes received is not one of the vaccines that have been authorized for humans. It was developed by a veterinary pharmaceutical company after the first recorded case of COVID-19 in a dog. In addition to dogs and gorillas, minks, when we've talked about the minks, uh, domestic cats and big cats have also been infected by the virus. So um, the apes are safe. The apes are safe. They're talking about using face masks and recycling them and using them in roads to tackle COVID-generated waste problem that we're getting. When you walk around, do you see masks on the ground a lot? I see masks all the time in parking lots. And apparently disposable face masks could be recycled to make roads. uh, And they're calling this a circular economy solution to pandemic-generated waste because you're supposed to use these things once and then throw them out, right? That's a lot of a lot of waste. So what basically they're doing is that they did a study and they found that using recycled face mask material to make one kilometer of a two-lane road would use three million masks, preventing 93 tons of waste from going into a landfill. The new road-making material was developed by RMIT University researchers. It's a mix of shredded single-use face masks and processed building rubble. And it meets civil engineering safety standards. So they're basically going to be taking the same stuff that they've been making the roads from and mixing face masks into it. So I think that's pretty cool. Oh, uh, LibTechSF says, my husband is a delivery driver for a cannabis dispensary, jealous. And they have two surveillance cameras in the truck the entire time, one facing out and one facing at him. Pretty draconian. Yeah, that definitely is. Well, before we talk about that a little bit more, look, here is the sample of the recycled road making material. That has the blended face mask. Uh, looks it looks like a like a tree trunk or something. But apparently there are four layers. I learned a lot about roads when I was <laughs> doing this article. Roads are made of four layers. You've got subgrade, you've got the base, you've got subbase, and then on the very top you've got the asphalt. All the layers have to be strong and flexible because you've got heavy vehicles that could crack it. You've got temperature changes that could crack it, and um, Basically, processed building rubble, which they call recycled concrete aggregate, RCA, can be used on its own for three base layers. So they're basically saying all we're going to do is mix in 1% shredded face masks, 99% RCA. That gives the strength and uh, they can get rid of these things that way. So that was pretty cool. Um, Elon Musk, check this out. He wanted to open his own city. Right here in Texas. Look, here he is feeling really good about it over on TMZ. But man, his teeth are white. Look how white his teeth are there. Look at that. Um, basically, uh, he wanted to call his own city, of course, Starbase. What else? Uh, but he's serious. He went up to Cameron County, which is not Travis County where I am. And, um, and he went to them and said he wanted to incorporate a city of Starbase, Texas. Um, he already has a private launch site there and a rocket production facility there. But the idea is that he would expand the unincorporated region, which is currently known as Boca Chica Village. Um, But his plans are actually reasonable. County Judge Eddie Trevino Jr. uh, is weighed in saying if SpaceX and, and, and Musk would like to pursue down this path, they must abide by all state and corporation statutes. Cameron County will process any appropriate petitions in conformity with this applicable law. So, might just happen. Uh, and he's coming here in a big way to Texas, isn't he? Um, he said last December he was moving from California to Texas, right here in Austin, I believe. SpaceX has all these facilities in 
Texas and Brownsville and McGregor. And so they want to break ground on a new manufacturing facility right here in Austin. And of course, the boring company went on a hiring spree in Austin back in November. So uh, giddy up, kids. It's time to come to Texas. Jack Dorsey Square has bought a majority stake in Jay-Z's streaming service title. Jay-Z has been trying to dump this thing for a very, very long time. Uh, I don't know why he ever started it. The whole premise of title was that it was going to be high fidelity audio quality, but no one can tell the difference. I mean, you've got to be an audio engineer and a real extreme audiophile to know the difference. Most people are just using Spotify and Apple Music while they're in their car, sitting with their cheap headphones. They're not going to notice the difference. So Jay-Z has been struggling with this. And uh, apparently, somehow, you remember a few weeks ago, maybe it was a couple months ago, when he and Jack Dorsey were hanging out together. And I said, right here on this program, I said, watch, they're going to buy, he's going to buy Tidal. And there it is, called it again. Uh, basically 297 million in a cash and stock deal. The financial services company founded by Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey has a majority stake. They don't tell us exactly how much it was, uh, but they say that title will operate independently alongside squares, other ventures. Um, asking the obvious question in a thread on Twitter, Jack Dorsey said, why would a music streaming company and a financial services company join forces? His answer to find quote, new ways for artists to support their work. I think that's really weird, but here's the, here's the full quote. Square is acquiring a majority ownership stake in title through a new joint venture with the original artists becoming the second largest group of shareholders and Jay-Z joining the Square board. Why would a music streaming company uh, and a financial services team join forces? And then that's, that was his answer to allow them to get money in other ways. Well, anyway, title originally started out in 2014. It was in Norway and then it was bought by a consortium of artists the following year, led by Jay-Z for $56 million. Included in that was Coldplay, Rihanna, Daft Punk, and Madonna. I don't know how many. I think some of them laughed and were bought out. Uh, so that was weird. But then immediately, Tidal had these problems. They didn't get uh, exclusive content over the long term that they wanted. At first, a whole bunch of artists were coming out just on Tidal, and then immediately we're like, well, we got to put it on Spotify and Apple Music too. And then, of course, Spotify growing like crazy, competing with them. And so in 2017, the company secured a $200 million investment from Sprint, which, of course, is now part of T-Mobile or merged with T-Mobile. Um, but reports said subscriber growth had completely stalled. They had roughly 3 million paying customers compared to Spotify's 20 million at the same time that year. Big difference. Then in 2020, the title came out and said they were behind on payments to rights holders. And so maybe Square's cash injection will help with that. The way that it sounds is that the investors, original investors in this aren't, haven't made back their money. It's not like this 200 some million thing pays them back. This money is being used to pay uh, all of the, uh, the rights holders. So it's not great. Um, it's not great for them. And it doesn't, I mean, this does give them another chance to re and kind of invent themselves, but I just don't. Anyway, Jay-Z is going to join Square's board of directors. Um, that's interesting to me. And maybe that's what Jay-Z really wanted out of this deal. Because Square is pretty amazing. All right. Uh, what is that? Okay. Simpsons, you know the Simpsons, they have been renewed for seasons 33 and 34 by Fox. 
uh, a lot of people don't even watch The Simpsons anymore. I used to watch The Simpsons very frequently, but I just don't anymore. Uh, John in the chat room is saying, I'm surprised title has lasted this long. Square must really like their current financials. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Mags in the chat room says, I have a friend, audio engineer, musician who dumped Spotify for title recently. So who knows? It's with what Spotify is doing. I don't think title has a chance. I think, I think this is a a two company race. It's Apple and Spotify right now. Anyway, uh, the Simpsons is the longest running primetime scripted series in television history. Did y'all know that? And, uh, well, you know what? They get a little bit of a applause for that. That's something. And, uh, it's been renewed for 33rd and 34th seasons that will go through 2023 and a total of 757 episodes. Both are new records. Now, um, here's the thing. I believe this will be the end of the Simpsons. I think this will be the end. Okay. So you've heard it here first, come back and check in 2023 but I think this is the end of the line for them. Now, I didn't want to, t- to talk about this until after I purchased this. And yes, I'm a sucker for this kind of stupid thing. But over on Super Plastic, they make these amazing, amazing art toys. Well, if you're a fan of the Gorillas, as I am, you can get all four of the Gorillas in vinyl these amazing look at this i'm not like i don't buy a lot of this stuff but i'm a sucker for the gorillas fan so i got this this is a vinyl tour set it's the toy set it's the first one they've done in 10 years and uh, you don't have to buy them all together as one set it gets expensive you can buy them individually but of course it's cheaper um if you buy them all together and uh look at this though and and it's, it's shipping in april and look at these guys isn't this great and I, I did get the last one from Super Plastic that was just uh, that was just 2D, and it's amazing. And his eyes, you know what? I'm going to show y'all. Hang on, I'll be right back. Okay, check this out. I got this one. This is the same company, Super Plastic. Look at this. Isn't this amazing? The detail that's on this. Okay, but I'm going to show you guys something crazy. If you've seen the video for Trans T R A and Z. Check this out. Hold on. What? Don't look at what I'm doing. Don't look. We're done. Hang on. Did I put his head back? Half back. Head, hair back. There we go. His eyes glow. Oh, come on. How cool is that? His eyes glow just like in the video. Come on. How awesome is that? So, yes, I had to order these other ones. And, yes, they're expensive. And I don't know. Had to do it. You know, it's one of those things whenever I'm trying to make a decision about something, I say, would I regret it? How bad would I regret it if I if I didn't get this? If they were just gone and I missed out? It'd be horrible, right? Right. So, and yes, I spent too much on it. Samsung has told Texas, again, another company here in Texas, should have done this article a little earlier, that it wants to create 1,800 jobs with a $17 billion factory right here in Austin, Texas. And in return, they're asking for a billion dollars in tax incentives. I say, give it to them. Everyone's here now. We've got HPE, we've got Samsung, we've got uh, Elon Musk, we've got the Apple campus, we've got um, Joe Rogan now. Everyone's here. Everyone's here. So welcome. But yeah, billion dollars in tax incentives. Basically, they submitted this paperwork 
saying that they want a billion dollars in tax incentives to make Austin the future home of the company's $17 billion chip factory. Um, this uh, In these documents that were filed in January that the, the Verge just got a hold of these, the company says it's planning on bringing 1,800 permanent jobs to the factory over the first 10 years with an average starting salary of around 66K, um, which isn't that much in Austin, but you could you could do okay on that, I guess. Uh, but they're basically saying they want to break on property taxes here. They're looking for a 100% break on their payments to Travis County for 20 years. The company estimates it would save roughly $718 million, a 50% break on the taxes to the city of Austin for five years with an estimated $87 million. Also wants the state to subsidize its property tax payments to the school district. Um, they don't still really know where they want to put the factory. Um, they're calling the project highly competitive and they say due to the higher tax cost of operating in Texas, the appraised value limitation is a determining factor. And they're kind of hinting like we might have to go to Arizona. We might go to New York. We might even just go to Korea, but if they choose Austin, they would be expanding their existing plant that they have here. Um, they've already got a chip making fabrication facility in the city. It's been here since 1997. They've got about 10,000, uh, people in the company. And uh, they recently bought 257.7 acres of land near their existing factory. So uh, it it seems like it's going to happen. And John Wills says taxes, Austin culture, energy, tax regulations. Oh, yeah. And brisket. It's true. I don't know where these people are going to live. Uh, and I don't know how any of them are going to afford it because Austin is crazy expensive right now if you're trying to buy a house. I know a bunch of people that are doing it. Uh, Apple has launched an interesting new service that I'm not quite sure about. Oh, wait, we got our, we got our Apple sound. Where's the Apple sound there? Nope. That's aphid. Stop. It's Apple. Apple. There you go. Um, it's a new service. It's supposed to make it quick and easy for iCloud users to transfer their stored photos and videos to Google photos. Why, why are wanting to do that? But that's cool. The, here's a little screenshot of it. It says transfer a copy of your photos and videos. Copy your photos and videos from iCloud Photos to another participating service. It will take between three and seven days. It says we use this time to verify that the request was made by you and finish the transfer. So it does it all behind the scenes. Um, but what's interesting is it has a little drop down here in this picture showing that there might be like other services that they could add sometime down the road. But I think right now it's only Google Photos. But basically, it, like like I said, it takes between three and seven days. Apple verifies the request was made by you. You have to have two-factor authentication turned on for your Apple ID account. You have to have a Google Photos account with enough storage space to complete the transfer. And it takes, um, it brings everything over, uh, but it has to be in a compatible format, which means that some metadata doesn't get transferred and some raw photos won't be able to be transferred, but all the regular, regular standard stuff gets uh, brought over. But only the most recent edit of a photo is transferred, not the original version. And duplicates appear as just one photo. And images are transferred in their albums whenever possible. But videos are transferred separately. Why? We don't know. And it's going to be available to customers in Australia, Canada, the, the EU, Iceland, Liechtenstein, New, New Zealand, Norway, Switzerland, UK, and of course, the United States of America. Uh, Wendy's. Went all in on breakfast. Did you know about that? Yeah, because people are eating at home more, but they still show up for breakfast. They show up, they pick up breakfast, and they just take it home. Last year, uh, 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 Wendy said that their breakfast stuff grew 2% in 2020. 
That's what caused the increase. CEO Todd Penningor said, oh yeah, we got to do, we got to do one for Penningor. That's your name. Um, and uh, he said that the three last three months of the year amounted to 7% of the chain sales and should rise by 10%. He says, we know that we're just scratching the surface of its potential. Before the pandemic, competition in breakfast was heating up. Fast food restaurants saw it as an opportunity for growth, apparently, because people are all commuting. And you would think that it would have gone away, but no, it actually is growing even more. Uh, they said that the chain had a huge breakfast marketing push right before the pandemic shut down parts of the United States, leaving Wendy's top of the mind for customers. And people who ate Wendy's breakfast during the pandemic have been satisfied. They have options like egg and cheese sandwiches on croissants or biscuits, seasoned potatoes, frosty, what are these? Frostichinos and even some chicken sandwiches. I have not eat, eaten that kind of fast food in, in many years. I probably haven't eaten at a Wendy's since 1998. Uh, so I, I didn't even know that they did breakfast. But when I used to work at Burger King, oh, stop, Dan. Um, when I used to work at Burger King, I used to do breakfast shifts a lot because I didn't mind waking up early. And what we would do is we would have a giant five-gallon uh, bucket, like a paint bucket. I'm assuming it was maybe food grade. And we would have to crack all the eggs. And so we do this the night before. They would crack eggs one by one into the bucket until the bucket was full. And then that would be the eggs and you would scoop them out with a little thing and and yeah. And then they had a little thing that you would put the the breakfast croissant things in and it was like a little conveyor belt and you couldn't get them out. They would get stuck and you'd have to reach in and you get burned every time. Every time you get burned. All right, so listen. Remember yesterday when I uh, was asking if I had anyone in Japan who could go and eat the pastrami teratama burger and the other drinks and everything. Well, guess what? Listener John showed up and he did it. He went out and he got the burger and he ate it and he did videos of it. So listen, thank you very much to listener John. Um, he also gave me some additional information that I want to read uh, to y'all on the show here. So hang on a second. He said, uh, the shaka shaka potato he says, much like seasonal sauces for McNuggets, they have seasonal promotional flavors for seasonings you put on the fries. Shaka shaka is the sound word for something shaking inside a container. Dump the fries into the paper bag your food came in, add the seasoning packet and shake, making shaka shaka potato. Okay. McDonald's loves using sound words and abbreviation nicknames in their marketing. All right. So he made a nice long video that I'm going to show y'all. Um, I won't show you the whole thing, but I'll, I'll jump around a little bit, but, um, I think you're going to really like this because, well, let's, let me just show it to you. Here we go. Where's the, uh, that one. We'll do this one. Somebody, if anybody in Japan, Hey, who's that guy? I, this show, him. I want someone to go and so this is me yesterday extruding pastrami talking about, taratama. so here he is. Look at this. I don't, I, I don't think that's him driving there, but look. Look at the look at the cinematography. This guy's a, a filmmaker here. So he goes into the McDonald's and there is the burger that I wanted. There he is in the chat room. Hi, John. Um, John is so awesome. So look at this. I don't know why this is there. I think this is just showing the beauty of Japan, northern Japan. A little history lesson on this. Uh, look, March 11th. This is the uh, Miyako uh breach when the there was the flooding there remember that <laughs> i do kind of want to show this whole thing john i'm going to show the whole thing people can enjoy this and for those of you who are just sitting at home 
listening, not watching, well, shame on you. Because this is some beautiful... Oh, there it is. There's the, sh- there's the drink. Oh, you're showing the flowers because the flowers were, in the, were the inspiration for... Oh, now I get it. That's why he did that. Am I saying that right? Iwate? Iwate? I think so. Look at that. Look at that. Okay, so... Oh, wait a second. Hold on. I'm pausing this. Ham, Hamidiru is protruding... Pasuturami is pastrami and bifu is beef and teratama means, oh, so that's what teratama means. It means teriyaki egg. So this is, these are the ingredients in there. <laughs> You're going to be kidding me. Protruding pastrami beef teriyaki, protruding? Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. So this is short for teriyaki. Okay. So teratama means teriyaki tamago burger. In 2016, they had the paper bacon. Okay. And in 2019, the Sakura Teratama. And now protruding pastrami slice. Well, it is, it is protruding, protruding, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So here it is. Look, there it is. He's got it with the drink. I, I was expecting the drink to look more like a regular milkshake, but I guess not. Uh, yeah, so this is the for those of you at home, it looks like a hamburger with an a, a, a shaped fried egg on it. And the, there is a piece of protruding pastrami in there. Ooh. <laughs> John, did you in the chat room, did you eat this or did you just buy it to show us? Did you eat it? And if you ate it, how was it? I mean, it does look both disgusting and good at the same time. <laughs> um Ponderous. The egg bar looks good. Okay, so what, John, you've got to answer us in the chat room. Did you eat it? Did you eat it? Was it good? That's some beautiful photography there. Okay, so tell me, did did you eat this? He hasn't answered. There's a delay. There's always a little bit of a lag. Look at this. Oh, uh, well, he obviously had the shake because I've watched this part of the video already. See? A little ASMR for you, I guess. Okay, so... um. Yes, he did. He says he did eat it. There's notes in the video. He says he did eat it and it was good. Okay, let's see Let's see what the notes say here. He says, this is a video made for Dan Benjamin in response to his request on March 3rd for someone to try the pastrami teratama burger. Letter to Jay. Oh, there's a whole letter here. Let's read it. Listener John's letter, part one backstory. Okay. Um, in response to Dan's request on March 3rd, I went out and got one of the seasonal teratama burgers for lunch with a promotional float. This time of year in Japan is graduation, and all the plum trees are now in bloom, but everyone looks forward to the cherry blossoms starting around April 1st. March also has a new tradition, remembering the March 11, 2011 giant earthquake and tsunami. This year's the 10th anniversary. The best way I can explain it is that it's Japan's 9-11, and with dozens of towns completely destroyed, people are still working to rebuild their towns and lives along the coast. The drink is fizzy Iwate white peach soda. 1% juice, which does remind you of the amazingly sweet peaches grown up north. Fun fact, until the nuclear disaster ruined the name, Fukushima was best known for its giant sweet peaches. Iwate is a region even further north, so this drink is a subtle nod to the tsunami anniversary during this promotion. The pastrami is a slice of pastrami ham folded to look like a sakura petal sticking out of a bud with mustard diluted with mayo. The rest is a standard Teratama burger. Um... Okay, so there's a long review. So I, I have this in the show notes. Go to danbenjamin.live. The newest show is going to have uh, the links. I think it's around number 63. Um, 
So you can read it in depth there, and I would like for you to read it. He says, I purchased a burger at the McDonald's near my work. I usually get their teriyaki chicken filet, and they use the same thin sauce that goes everywhere inside the wrapped burger. Promotional burgers are usually a disappointment because they're usually so small compared to their exaggerated images, but this one is a good size. After arranging it a bit better, it looks pretty good for McDonald's. Um, He says, the ham is too thin and the bread is too soft to give any other texture, but the pastrami taste with a bit of mustard along with the egg was pretty good together. It offers a vague reminder of far better deli sandwiches I've had in the past, so in that way it's done pretty well for a promotional burger. The peach drink is a fizz by itself or a float with some ice cream on top, which is why I didn't order both. Like most restaurants in Japan, the ice cream for a float goes on top of the regular cubed ice that is the soda normally, which makes it impossible for anyone to enjoy the float properly. The drink was possibly the best part of the promotion as the peach flavor was closer to juice than to Fanta. And his summary, overall pretty good for McDonald's promotional burger and the hint of pastrami and weak mustard was a good reminder of a better sandwich, but I'd take a double-double or a good deli sandwich over it any day of the week. However, it's especially good alternative to a Big Mac, though more expensive if you're craving McDonald's. Well, thank you again so much to uh, to listener John. You get this one. You get the big, long applause. Thank you for that. And uh, what a detailed review. So it's there in the show notes. Uh, last time for today, I'm Dan Benjamin. Again, follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, anywhere you want. Instagram is the best place to go to send me stuff, but uh, you can do it on uh, Twitter as well. And of course, here on YouTube.com slash Dan Benjamin is great to go. And while you're here, like, subscribe. And remember, I don't know how much longer Periscope is going to work. By the beginning of the show, I've got a couple hundred people hitting Periscope and then they kind of migrate over to YouTube. This is start out on YouTube. It's the best way to do it. And of course, support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Give me a buck. Give me five bucks. Whoops. Sorry, duty. Uh, buy me one of these. It's about a dollar. I appreciate it. And uh, that's all that I have for you today. So we'll see you again tomorrow. Have a good one. Thanks again, John.